Welcome to this week's episode of the Geek Offensive Podcast. On the show this week, I have the creator of the Benview Network, Andrew Lindy. Thank you, brother, for coming on. Hey, glad to be here. Yeah, we talked basically film and podcasting and kind of your path into all of this. Mm. Um, I definitely think you and your co-host, Emily, have a very unique point of view on films, and it's kind of this point of view we need to be part of the conversation. So I'm very glad that you came on and... You know, you're welcome on this platform anytime. So. I love to. Anyone ha- wants me to talk about movies? I'll be there. I'll talk about movies. I learned yeah. a lot today. That's for sure. <laughs> Fuck yeah! Where can they find you, Andrew? Uh, so I have several different podcasts. Uh, you should just check out the Benview Network, BenviewNetwork.com. Mm-hmm. That's where you can find a lot of them. Uh, specifically, Dunstan Checks Men. Uh, that's every week. My co- co-host Emily and I will talk about one minute of the 1996 eight film Dunstan checks in and pair it with another feature film uh, we get at the, get into that in the show uh, I'm gonna try and follow along as much as I can well good luck <laughs> uh, so you can find that on your podcast app Dunstan checks min and benvnetwork.com slash Dunstan that's d-u-n-s-t-o-n uh, another show that I do is called nothing new a remake podcast uh, every month Justin Kizan and I uh, we'll talk about a remake and the film that it's based on, or if it's two films based on the same thing or something in, in that vein. Remake is a very wide thing. But we, I think we do very good with picking things that would actually be considered remakes, such as the, the new Grinch film, which is a remake of <laughs> the Grinch who stole Christmas. Yeah, I think that's, yeah. yeah. Um, so that that's Wait, something. It's just called the Grinch. It's just called the Grinch. Oh, yeah. I had no idea. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They really just bi- boil it down to an idea. The uh, next version, I think, in twenty years, will just be called Grinch. They'll oh, just drop the yeah, the, and then after that, they'll they'll call it the Who's. Like they'll just <laughs> completely forget the Grinch as a character. Uh, but you you can hear more about nonsense like that at uh, benvnetwork.com slash nothing new or on uh, any podcast app that you like. And another show that I do is called It's on My List. Uh, every month, uh, a group of six of us get together. We convene on films that people say you should see. Films that when you say you haven't seen them, people say to you. You should see it. And you go, well, it's on my list. So uh, go to itsonmylistpod.com uh, for more of that. We we cover everything from Gone with the Wind to The Matrix. Awesome. Oh, and also I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Podcaster Andrew. Fantastic. David, where can we find you? Uh, you can find me at Superfan Armenta on Instagram and Twitter. You can find me at David Armenta on Facebook. Shout out to Lupus Org. Donate to the cause. And if you can, please go out and donate platelets. You can donate platelets every seven days up to 24 times a year. And it also, too, if you can, please go out and donate whole blood. You can donate whole blood every 115 days a year. And you can find me on Instagram at Justin Malari and on Twitter at Justin underscore Malari. The Geek Offensive is on social media as well. Uh, find it with the handle at Geek Offensive. Uh, this show is part of the Geek Say What Network, so big thank you to the network for providing the platform for us. Uh, find them as well on uh, all social media with the handle at Geek Say What. And we have a bunch of sister podcasts on the show. Why, why do I say sister podcasts? I, I mean, it just sounds right. <laughs> <laughs> but 11 of them. Well, I mean, 11 all together in the network. I, in the future. In the future, yes. Yeah. Anywho, the four that avail- that I can talk about. <laughs> uh, first up available now is uh, Ready, Set, Geek, your starting line to geek culture, hosted by Alex Gullett, JPG, uh, Cole, and Anthony. Next up, we have our... 
twice a month trivia podcast, Geek KO, hosted by Justin Madriaga and Ish. And uh, on the horizon, we have DGIF, that's Diverse Geeks in Focus, hosted by Gemma Vidal and Alex, bringing marginalized, in-depth issues uh, in focus. Uh, and finally, we have RP Geek Allegories, hosted by uh, G- uh, excuse me, hosted by JPG. Uh, I'll be honest, even when JPG was here on the show to explain it, I wasn't listening. Yeah, check out our last podcast. He, yeah, he could he explain explained it better. It. Um, yeah. It's, host, <laughs> it's hosted by JPG, so it's got to be good. So yeah. find that when it comes out, hopefully next year. Well, I mean, he's running the network, so I would think he know how to run a podcast. Eh, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> um, and next shout out goes to, oh, you can find all of us on Apple Podcasts and Google Play or just wherever you get your talking. Uh, next shout out goes to Wayland Productions, our associate producers who provide the space for us, help us with the equipment. You can find them at wayland.ws and they have an amazing audio drama out right now on Alpha called We're Live Frontier. Finally, this show is brought to you by the Bullet Club T-shirt. Woo-woo! Links to buy the shirt are available on my social media and this Filipino American Life social media. It's a parody of the Bullet Club T-shirt from Pro Wrestling. Um, we're out of mediums at the moment, and it's a really limited run, so I jump on that as fast as you can. Uh, click on the link, fill out the form, send in your money, and we'll get it shipped out to you immediately. Uh, and I think that's it, uh, Andrew. Thank you again so much. This was a lot of fun. It's a fun show. Uh, don't forget to check out our slash bigger than you thought on reddit don't forget to rate comment and subscribe to join the offensive cue my music You're short, Jason. I don't know. I just throw that in. <laughs> Fuck your short ass big hand, motherfucker. Uh, but welcome back, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. Oh man, it's good to have you in. It's uh, mm. good to have you in, like one on one. I get to know you, and like, because uh, we, to be quite frank, like, um, I, I think I've had Emily a few times on here, and I see her in this studio a little bit more often. So it's mm. good to get get you and be able to talk to you so thank you for coming in hey i'm glad to be here yeah. i and um I, I mean listeners of your show will know i was here for a, a really great episode talking about a fantastic film called super mario Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> i will tell you this you guys actually like um well mission accomplished i don't hate the film anymore i I'll count that as a win. I'm not going to say it's in my top tier or anything, my top 10 or anything like that, but it's, uh, I, I'm definitely not as dismissive of it as I used to be. Just because, mm-hmm. of, like, you know, it, it's weird with movies. You you sit and give it another chance. Like, even if you didn't like it the first time, just give it another chance. Mm-hmm. And it, it's weird how things will change. Yeah, you just got to, you got to grow with it. Yeah, I like how you put that. <laughs> yeah. That's a good one. I'm gonna have trouble growing with Dunstan checks in though. To be well, honest, <laughs> that was uh, 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 that was a joke. It wasn't. I don't know if that was ever meant you're, to be a real if, podcast. If but, this was a joke, you're taking it really far. <laughs> um, well, it's it's a thing with me and Emily. Commit to the bit. We've committed to this as a joke, and now it became real. And uh, I 
I mean, I wouldn't want to stop it, even if I could at this point, because uh, we're we're a handful of episodes in to Dunstan Checks Min, mm-hmm. which is a minute by minute breakdown podcast about Dunstan Checks In, the 1996 ape film. <laughs> uh, and but they I, say I monkey know. throughout the whole thing. It bugs the shit out of me. Bugs. Yes. <laughs> Emily's the one who cares about ape versus monkey. I honestly mix it up all the time. You I don't know. S- species just making your blanket assumptions about these species I'm just like oh is that a gorilla i don't know <laughs> shout out to peter <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah the kid calls it a gorilla for a while too yeah, yeah. I know. um but no this time i'm uh I-, I missed the boat on the super mario uh podcast so this time mm-hmm. i'm like i'm in so i just actually not too long before this recording started like i watched the movie mm-hmm. <laughs> um not lives for part of it i i had it on and it was hard like focus on it because so how much of it is that like that weird era of like 90s fam- family fluff film yeah it, it's this weird aesthetic i feel like you and emily are like experts in that because that's and i think it's thing. it's a weird thing that we really enjoy because i i think we talked about this on dunstan Checksman at least once or twice the idea of the 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 film where a family is having a trouble and an animal saves the day the the animal somehow the presence of the animal fixes all the family's problems like you think That's of um like free willy monkey trouble free willy polly was that the name of that one yeah with the, with the parent with the right? parent right um what was that one with steve gutenberg uh zeus and roxanne yeah zeus and roxanne wow, that was that was in my head yeah, i was gonna say you i don't know where that one strong came from. pull on and it that was, one they're very 90s they're yeah. it's that is the era when all these films came out and they're they're really dumb. It's just yeah. it's this idea of like an animal comes in and saves the day somehow. I wonder why that was such a popular plot device. I have no idea. <laughs> I don't know, but if, it's, if this it's a lot actually of fun. happened to somebody we know, mm-hmm. I'd want their story like immediately. And and the other thing that I think is really interesting is once I would really make the cutoff once you get to like two thousand mm-hmm. because then they just start CGIing everything. Uh, then then they want to make the animals talk. Then they want to do some cgi stunt mm-hmm. this is back when you had if if dunstan needed to grab something they had a, a glove that an actor put on and that hand grabbed it and that was it was physical it looked good I right you just watched it it looks good it right <laughs> i could get that role <laughs> yeah yeah um but yeah it, it's such a weird thing and i don't know it oh i'm trying to think of yeah you're right 2000s that's when it started <laughs> Yeah, it's just a a weird trend that I just, again, it's fascinating to look at. And that's kind of why I love you and Emily so much when it comes to your movie choices. Yeah, I mean, I th- I think there was also it was it was a joke on the Super Mario Brothers minute, and I don't remember why we agreed on that as the joke of what the next movie we'd cover is, mm-hmm. um, because in the movies by minute community. Um, we're in a Facebook group, so people talk about it all the time. Yeah. Where they're like, "Oh, my next one's going to be this." So they'll they'll go like sometimes with a director, or sometimes if they have a series, they'll just go to the next one. I know there's a Godfather minute out there, and God bless them because wow, that's a that's, that's a, a long lot one. of minutes. Yeah. Wow. That's... I mean the the one that most people know about is the Star Wars minute, and they're mm. they're doing them all. I mean, that's to be honest, that's a little easier. And I think there's like the whole world is built in. So Mm -hmm. if there is a minute where there's some random pilot, yeah, you're going to find like some novel about that pilot and their family Mm -hmm. within, you know, that it was published in the 80s or something. Yeah. Wait, are you two? I know with the Super Mario one, you you two were watching like the eighth minute eight times. Are are you guys doing that this one with this one? Uh, No, we have a new gimmick. 
We have a new okay. a new spin on the genre. Also, most... thank God, because I don't know if I could do 20 minutes of the 20th minute of this movie. We, yeah, we could not handle that, honestly. <laughs> uh, Emily and I could not do that. Um, but what we're doing is, so for each minute, we are choosing another feature film to pair with that minute, like wine with a dinner. Oh, I like that. So we alternate. You can cleanse your palate in between minutes. <laughs> yeah, we alternate who chooses. Uh, so it's it's funny the different kind of energy that we bring to our film choices. Mm-hmm. Uh, in in one of the minutes that we've done already, um, I made a choice that that Emily said it was very much her energy, and it was Joe Dirt. I never thought I'd pick Joe Dirt, but there I was picking Joe Dirt because it Joe fit the minute. Dirt. It Joe, goes with the minute. Joe Dirt Day. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I couldn't deny it. I went, oh, I got to pick Joe Dirt. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, but yeah, with the show, that's why I'm like committed now. Like I'd missed the boat on the last one. I just watched the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna try and follow along with the show. I'm gonna definitely having YouTube back on to break down the movie. <laughs> I I mean, you won't hear a defense. That's the thing. Yeah. Oh, you know, I'll go on record now. I know you get a lot of grief about uh, liking Super Mario Brothers. I'll go on record now saying. That movie is better than Dunstan checks in. <laughs> well, obviously, yeah, uh, uh, but <laughs> yeah, Dunstan. I mean, when we when we started it, uh, Emily and I both watched Dunstan checks in just to make sure we were good, and we were good. But Emily did not like the movie at all. I thought it was at least don't a, blame. I her. thought it was a little enjoyable. <laughs> There's some funny moments, uh, you know. Like, uh, like the slapstick comedy, mm-hmm. and like okay, I get that. But there's also for me, the joy of seeing like Jason Alexander with a wig on in yeah. this. And this is in the middle of Seinfeld. Yeah, it's going on. He's just in this kid movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a uh, it's a weird choice. They, there's Faye, a lot of weird choices in this movie. Faye Dunaway. Is it Rupert Everett or Dermot? Yeah, Rupert right. Everett. It is Rupert. Okay, I thought it was the other guy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Rupert Everett and Faye Dunaway are in this movie too. And Rupert Everett's doing a lot of um, accent work. Yeah, and he—it's not like he needs to work at a British accent. He's just putting another one on top of his. <laughs> I don't understand that. And I feel like he had a blast on this set. To be oh, honest, yeah, I feel. Uh, from what I saw, I felt like he had a blast um, in that role. What's uh, Pee Wee Herman? What's his name? Uh, That's Paul right. Rubens, he's right? in it yeah. too. Yeah. <laughs> like, and he's barely in it, but you don't forget him. Like, he's he's yeah. he's such a character in the film. It's I think his parts Was are pretty this funny. Before, after the whole thing where he got caught in the movie theater, I honestly don't know. I uh, I think I think that's definitely something Emily and I are gonna have to talk about on the show. Because I'm sorry, <laughs> like I'm because if it was after, I'm surprised there wasn't a joke with him like spanking the. Hmm. You know oh, what I mean, mm, oh god, or that'd be too much. I mean, there's a lot of that in the movie. A lot I, of old folks you, trying to get it on. You're bringing up a saying that I I feel like I've always heard, and I've never heard used spanking the monkey yeah that's something i've literally i don't think i've ever heard anyone actually say that in real life but only in movies and tv shows yes okay oh that's weird to think yeah you're right that's very true i've never heard that saying outside of like a movie or or a tv show or something like that (laughs) i'm using it now yeah you just used it and it threw me for a loop i had to go am i in a movie what's happening i'm gonna use it in every show from now (laughs) you're making it a thing again (laughs) hashtag spank the monkey Uh, but another thing I noticed about, and again, I was surprised that you said like the minute by minute thing was like a community. Mm-hmm. It, I'll give it this. It is an interesting way to break down and study a movie. Yeah. Because with the first few minutes of this movie, I just decided to try it myself. 
even with just the opening on this movie, I was like, oh, when you rewatch a minute, you're like, you're noticing little things that, yeah, um, other details that people probably wanted in there just to put the ideas in your head. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I have to, it is interesting. Like, I didn't think that would work considering, cause it's not very time efficient, but <laughs> it does work. You yeah. do look at a scene much more closely. Mm-hmm. I, I think, and that was what really worked with the Super Mario Brothers movie is I think that a lot of work went into the set decoration and went into the background stuff. And then you just take that to any movie. I mean, even with uh, Dunstan checks in is not great cinema and but people put in the work on the set decorating and the props right so in that opening like you're saying in the opening they have like parts where there's a a, like um what is it like a daily planners opened up and flipped through yeah and And if you're just watching the movie you just get the idea of like oh it's someone's daily planner Hmm. when you're watching it one minute at a time we can take a moment and go down that whole daily planner and go does this make sense who's whose daily planner is this yeah it's like, like what oh, is this okay, for they're establishing day and time mm-hmm. and like this is breakfast this is what what time of the year it is and, yeah um yeah and now i'm like thinking about doing that with like other movies that i actually do enjoy mm-hmm. and this one partic- in particular reminded me i don't this is a huge leap maybe because it's food and they were setting up plates oh, okay but it reminded me of like that opening scene in american psycho Hmm. Remember that movie? I don't remember the opening, but I do remember the film. So it starts in a, off in a restaurant, and um, it starts off, it looks like it's blood dripping, but it's really like raspberry sauce. Oh, okay. And then it, it goes into like setting up a plate and setting up the mood and the atmosphere of the film. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, with, with a movie like Dunstan Checks In, I was surprised to see that, oh, they they still tried. <laughs> with any movie, <laughs> as bad as it is, there's going to be some Good, good, honest effort on there. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I think that it, the minute by minute format really allows like a deep dive in in scenes that just kind of happen, and then you you get to stop and go, okay, well, what is what does the scene actually mean? Mm-hmm. What is its purpose? Where are the characters? Like the, you think of a lot of movies where the movie goes by, and you're just like, oh, okay, they're here, they're here, they're here, and then right. when you stop and you think, you go, where were they? Were they at their house? Were they in their apartment? Whose house were they at? There is a couple of scenes like that in the movie where um, the kid, I feel, feels like he just kind of walked in. He just happened to be there. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, And I think that's more fascinating to me, and not even in a plot hole way, because mm-hmm. I think that, to me, gets a little boring and tedious, where it's like, oh, they missed the door. Oh, mm-hmm. the cup moved. Like, oh, okay, how, how so you, what? <laughs> how do you feel about plot holes in general? I, I mean, I think there are ones that, that can take you out of the movie and completely stop cold and don't make any sense whatsoever where you go okay yeah that's a plot hole Mm -hmm. but then there's other ones where it's like oh well why did that person not call this person to say this and it's like well they didn't feel like it yeah like that's that's not a plot hole that's an emotional reaction that someone had in the film you know see those are the ones that that bother me Mm. because they come off real nitpicky yeah and i just go into every film nowadays going every film has plot holes now this is no avoiding it i want to bring one up that i think people are mad about online and i remember reading we're mad and um it's it's uh from avengers infinity war okay uh that uh shut up by the new trailer too by the way yeah the new trailer oh yeah happy avengers day yeah exactly (laughs) that'd be a good topic to get into yeah yeah. (laughs) um but in infinity war um star lord screws up the the plan at one point to trap thanos and I remember reading online and hearing from various people like, oh, he's such an idiot. Oh, Star-Lord, he, he screwed it all up. Mm-hmm. And, 
he was having an emotional reaction. The character was reacting as the character would and should. Mm -hmm. Just because he's, quote unquote, a hero doesn't mean he does the right thing every single time. Right. So I I think that makes it more interesting. Yeah, I I actually like the point you brought up there. It's believable with that character. Mm. Like, if you had it as steve rogers in that situation like then i feel like it wouldn't make sense yeah yeah mm-hmm. oh, okay that's that actually makes a lot more um I, I, it illustrates the point that you're trying to make yeah yeah but then there are plot holes where it's like one person says they're going one place and the next scene they're somewhere else and it's like okay yeah they screwed up <laughs> there was a page in the script that they tore out and threw away and they didn't change the name <laughs> yeah we actually just had to deal with a bunch of those with um on the last episode was the last one yeah, we broke down. No, no, the one before we broke down Rocky Five, mm. and it was it was a lot of those, and you're just like, huh? <laughs> yeah, I actually haven't seen any of the Rockies except for the first one. You know what? That's not a bad road to take. And yeah. then I did watch both Creeds. <laughs> Ooh, I saw. Oh, that must have like been a little interesting it still sort of makes sense i'm very aware of you know the the whole all the thing you know most of the things that happen within the rest of the rockies right but so going into creed i wasn't completely lost Mm -hmm. but um i i you know maybe i missed something i don't know well you for sure you don't need to watch five we've all concluded (laughs) that you do not need to watch five um you could skip from four to six and nothing. Well, yeah. There's one that's just called Rocky Balboa, right? Yeah, that's six. Okay. And that's the one that introduces his son, right? Or introduces the son as played by Milo Ventimiglia. Yeah. Yeah. the previous movie, it was played by his actual son. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because I, I like, um, wh- I don't know how to pronounce his last name, Milo Ventimiglia. It's Milo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Milo. Yeah, we know. Yeah. Shout- <laughs> I, Shout I like him Milo. a lot as, a, as an actor, and, uh, and so I would want to watch that Rocky. And I would probably be fine skipping the rest. Yeah, of shout the out Rockies. to him, class of uh, or he went to Elmo. So he shout did. Out to, yeah, shout out oh. to Milo, dude. He came to my senior year. Um, he came to our Christmas. Um, what do you call him? Like we had assembly or whatever. Yeah, Christmas mm. assembly. Uh-huh. Uh, one of the wishes um, our ASB president asked was that uh, if he would come to our. Uh, what do you call it to our assembly and he did because he was an asb president when he was in school wow yeah so that was kind of cool he came in as he was uh god what show oh gossip girl (laughs) yeah so he was like big time like like stardom you know getting big on that so that was kind of cool but yeah he's such a great actor Hmm. yeah balbo i would recommend just because you may not get like his whole arc but you get a good feel of the character there Mm -hmm. and you get a nice uh closure to his story because Creed, it's really about passing the torch on to Michael B. Jordan. Yeah. Uh, I still haven't seen the second one. Yeah. Would you go- recommend now? I like it, but it's not as good as the first one. Okay. I, I Again, th- par for Rocky. <laughs> and, well, the, I think the crazy thing is the, the first one, wasn't it uh, uh, directed by Ryan Coogler, Creed? Yeah. That and, was a, that's the biggest difference I noticed. Uh, and the filmmaking is fantastic in it. Mm-hmm. Like there are, um, there's like, it doesn't, isn't one of the fights shot, it looks as if it's just one it's take. one tracking shot. Yeah, it's, that's fantastic. Great. Yeah. yeah. That is really interesting in that aspect because I, I'll get bored with any sports movie. I, mm-hmm. I, I don't think... I don't think there there's a sports movie that I I super love, and uh, boxing's the same. Excuse it's a me, sport. Little giants. I know. Oh. Air Bud. <laughs> Air Bud. Air, right, Air Bud fits right into your I, animal '90s. I think it. I didn't it come out in 2000. Did it come out in the late '90s? 
It See, had to be. It names. had to David, be. Yeah, I'll look the, it up. The only thing yeah. with Airbud is it eventually turns into Air Buddies, and they definitely talk. <laughs> I can't. I can't get with the talking dogs. the The best one is is they talk, but it's all in like thought. They don't try and move the mouths. Is an incredible journey or whatever that's called. Uh, Homeward Bound. Homeward Bound. Oh. Homeward Bound. Incre- yeah, yeah, that was yeah, a yeah. sequel, right? Yeah. Yeah. Then, something like that. And then one of the Look Who's Talking movies did that too. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, that's right. It was the last one of Look Who's Talking. It was the last one. Yeah. It was the dogs talking. Yeah. And the cat. Oh, no, no, no. It was just dogs. You're right. Yeah. Uh, Airbud was 97. Oh, wow. There we okay. Go. Okay. So yeah, fits right in there. Yeah, but Maybe. then it turns into Air Buddies. That's the problem. <laughs> they eventually start talking and doing the weird mouth see, movements. See, it's oh god, why did you mention that? Because now, just out of curiosity, I'm gonna go look for that. <laughs> like I own Dunstan checks in now. Like I might, my Amazon is gonna look like a, a horrible nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. But okay. So with your film tastes would you say do you like would you call them bad movies and you love them or is it just a certain time period like uh i don't know i've 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 come to describe as what i like is just weird if it's weird i like it and that could be like a dumb comedy Mm -hmm. that could be a really really dumb comedy is weird enough that i'll go yeah that's good or it can be like some artsy film that everyone else is like oh that's artsy and i'm like no that's weird i love that give me that weird stuff because anytime i watch like I, f- I feel like learning about writing or script writing, like it broke my brain in the sense of like, anytime I watch a movie, I'm like, okay, well, here's the steps. Here's mm-hmm. the hero. They're accepting the journey. They're going on like, right. You know, here's, oh, and it's like, oh, we must have a face off between the hero and the villain. Oh yeah. Blah, yeah. blah, blah. Like it, it, unless a movie's weird, it's, it's kind of like, oh yeah, I've seen this in a lot of other things. Yeah. I have a bit of that too. Mm. And hence why I have the sincere garbage segment. Um, Maybe not quite the same because I'll say like this is terrible, or terrible and I love it. Whatever. But mm-hmm. no, I, I think you're right. Getting something a little out of the ordinary is always good, and I, I feel like it always helps your critical eye too. Mm-hmm. Um, just when you watch more stuff, you get a better idea of like what works. Uh, you get a better idea of like different possibilities. Like when you said like art film that everyone thinks is weird, but that hits you in the right spot. Yeah, yeah. I have a few of those myself. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, how did that come about? Where did that, that, were you always like, actually, fuck it. Let's bring it back. Let's, (laughs) let's go, let's go to childhood. Andrew, when he's watching Dunstan checks in live. Uh, yeah, Um, I know. I definitely did watch it. The, the one that I think, uh, in the same vein, but it's not an animal that, uh, was, was like Dunstan checks in for me was, um, baby's day out. Oh, fuck yeah. Yo, I Andrew, totally remember fuck that. Yeah. And I honestly, I think the trailer for Dunstan Checks In was on the VHS for Baby's Day Out. <laughs> and it's just that that caused me to watch that. You know, I love that back when there was the trailers on the VHS tape. Yeah. And so part of your childhood memory of watching that movie is you see the same trailers for the other movies over and over again. Mm-hmm. They become part of the language of that movie. Yeah. Like there's, uh, I can't even remember what movie actually had it but there was a uh, an ad for pepsi or for pizza or something pizza Hut? i don't even remember but it was they were doing it in the style of indiana jones and trying to trying to get into the kitchen to get the pepsi they had to like slide under the door and grab the hat just like indiana jones that sounds like something yeah. like it that became whatever vhs i watched that on that's that's why it's in my brain it's just mm-hmm. there i don't know i i think that's really interesting because we 
my family, we had a lot of VHS tapes, a lot of movies. And that's VHS types were a thing before DVDs. Okay. Yeah, God, I miss I miss I was VHS. There too, man. Yeah, I still have some of mine. I uh, miss it. <laughs> and so I watched, you know, pretty much every movie that was in the house. Mm-hmm. And you know, I don't know. My dad liked a lot of like action, like movies that I think nowadays would be like, oh, that's like action garbage. Like it's just like, oh, dude, that's my childhood. Yeah, canon films, everything Van Damme or. Um, yeah, I think he had a lot of Jean Claude. The rest of those kickboxer movies with Shasha yeah. Mitchell and like, yeah, dude, I'm all over that. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then but then there's stuff like um, Mac and Me. I definitely watched that several times. Uh, that's and always, that's, that's one of those on weirdly infamous bad ones. Yeah, and in my mind, I'm like, I, I remember liking it. I don't know if I'd watch <laughs> it now. Uh, as a kid, it was great. Mm-hmm. And like you know the the some of like the animated stuff, like all the sequels to um, oh, what what was that one? The Unicorn Princess. There was some. One where it was I mean, like a knockoff like Thumbelina. Like we had a lot of like the weird. Not Fern Gully. What the fuck was? Yeah, that? it wasn't Fern Gully. It's the that, other that, one that rings a bell. Yeah, like yeah, Unicorn Princess. Swan Princess. That was it. There you go. Yeah, 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 yeah. like if because they knew I liked like animated stuff, so they'd just pick up whatever, mm-hmm. and it's just that's what I'd watch. Um, and then I'm I do recall making a choice to be the movie guy mm-hmm. because I I wasn't ever really interested in music that's never something that i like i can't even hold a conversation usually about music because i just don't i just don't i feel like i don't have a um what do you call it i have like a tin ear like i just i i can hear someone singing and be like yeah that's good and then i can hear someone like singing badly go i guess that's the same like yeah it just all doesn't Yeah, you can't ask me like uh what key are they in i don't have any pitch yeah exactly (laughs) yeah but I love karaoke. That's <laughs> I'll go and I'll just yell into the microphone and people love it. That's uh, just you living your best life. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I made the decision to be like the movie guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and which, how old are you when uh, that came This to was be? like late high school. Late high school. This okay. was like 17, 18. Because mm-hmm. um, I liked borrowing. I had other friends who had different movie tastes. And so I'd borrow, at this point, DVDs were around. So I'd borrow I, the I DVDs. Miss, I miss trading physical yeah. movies. That was so much fun for yeah. me back in the day. And oh. it was it was great. We'd yeah. like leave them in in our locker we'd be like swapping like that it's it was fantastic and i'd be like oh why'd you like th-? i could talk to them and be like oh why'd you you know why should i yeah. watch this why and afterwards i'd be like oh this part this one was really good do you have any more like this or mm-hmm. anything like that like we don't really i don't know with all the digital stuff now you don't really we don't really have that you don't appreciate it as much just because mm-hmm. you have like the entire library available to you like you know on your phone yeah for god's sake i remember being very excited when netflix started the streaming that was like experimental yeah and i was so excited i got on my computer and i was just like oh my god i could watch a movie right here right now yeah and that was that was just the most was exciting thing deal. now it's like so it's now like part of your regular now life. i'm on all my apps and stuff and i'm like i i can't watch this movie and i'm like disappointed <laughs> it's not on online somewhere like, this is bullshit yeah it's like why isn't this just free i don't know <laughs> i i don't know what happened in our brains where it's like that's the thing but yeah. um i when i made that decision uh i took i did a test run before i did it but i took a year of my life uh the year 2011 mm-hmm. and i watched 500 films i'd never seen before within the 500 Jesus, I'm lucky to make it to a hundred, let alone five. Yeah, um, and so the test that I did the the year before that in the summer, I did 100, just in whatever I call. I can't remember how I defined summer, but I just to make. I was like, is this even achievable? So it was like, yeah. 
I did that. And then I was like, yeah, I'm going to do it. So I would have to watch sometimes, sometimes I watch, one day I watched five movies. Just that was my whole day. And it was by any means you could like videotape. Yeah. I wanted to, I really wanted to, um, get a lot of recommendations. Uh, so I, I was doing a lot of borrowing. I was doing a lot of, I told people like, tell me five movies and I'll watch them. I don't even care what they are. Like your best five or anything. Tell me a movie. No genre didn't matter. Genre didn't matter. Nothing mattered. The first movie that I watched that year was the King of Kong. (laughs) <laughs> and that movie was so good. It was such a good way to kick off that year. Uh, and it was fantastic. The documentary with it. Yes. Yeah. No, love that movie. That's mm-hmm. still on my laptop right now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it was really weird. And then it's really funny to me that I watched 500 movies that I'd never seen before. And the people still have stuff where they're they're like, oh, they're talking to me about a movie. And I'm like, oh, I haven't seen that. They're like, you watched 500 movies in a year? You, have, you didn't watch that one? It's, it's like there are millions of movies almost yes. at this point. I don't know. Yeah, no, I, I, yeah, I find myself having the same problem with as much stuff as I watch. Well, not as much now, but mm-hmm. when I was younger, yeah, I was in front of a screen all the time. Yeah, and I still didn't get to a lot of classics. To I have to be honest, mm-hmm. like I only saw. I remember, like, uh, I think I only saw Scarface within the last four or five years, and that that yeah, was on every. A- fucking kids dorm room like that poster <laughs> was everywhere i was just yeah. like why is everyone into this movie actually i still kind of ask that to be honest <laughs> when i watched that for the i think that was part of my 500 mm-hmm. and um when i watched that there's one part that always stands out to me because it's so weird isn't there a part where there's a montage set to the song take it to the limit yep like what, what yeah the hell is that <laughs> that threw me right out of the movie i'm like what is going on yeah. here <laughs> like now that that song and that movie are forever linked in my brain i like that song before and now i'm like uh okay <laughs> okay scarface well to me since i heard the song like completely separate from the movie i'd mm-hmm. seen it and heard it used elsewhere so i just thought of it as like it's kind of like oh it's kind of a workout song I yeah guess. yeah and then I finally watched this movie with the mindset I have now, yeah. and I'm just like, "What? Mm-hmm. They chose this song for it?" <laughs> and then, but I think it's it's really interesting. Then, and then, so I watched Scarface, and then it was like at least a year before I watched another uh, Brian De Palma film, mm-hmm. and I'm like. Oh, he's like really good. I but Scarface isn't even his best movie. <laughs> like, what's another De Palma film? Uh, I bet I haven't seen it. <laughs> I I actually really enjoyed Dress to Kill. I don't think that's aged well, but um, mm-hmm. that's a really interesting one. Uh, he did uh, didn't he do um, what's that one with the killer teenager? She can she can cause fires. Ki- not Carrie. Carrie is it Carrie? Yeah, 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 okay. yeah. That was De Palma. Yeah, I could have sworn that was like a a West Craven or something like a no, John that's, Carpenter. See, well, John Carpenter would make a little bit of sense. Yeah. But yeah, De Palma, De Palma has, um, some of his earlier films are closer to like a horror genre to like dramas, I guess. I think that's okay. really what he evolved into. I think he did a space movie a few years ago. Okay. I don't, yeah. So, okay, so you do this 500 movies in one year. Mm. Like how much of that can you actually hold on to? So there was definitely a moment recently was it this year? I'm sorry to interject, but he did uh, Mission Impossible. Right. He did the first Mission Impossible, Brian no De Palma. Oh shit. That was him. Yeah. So he, he... Wow. But then you think of like, if you think to some scenes in Mission Impossible, they kind of feel like horror film moments. Yeah. Like the whole, the whole opening sequence where the team dies. Yeah. Like it's, he's, he's drawing from those roots and putting it into whatever he's doing. Yeah. Also, by the way, folks, if you're watching like the new ones that are out now and you watch that first one, you're like, what the fuck happened? <laughs> it's been like 20... 
22 years At didn't it come least. out in 96 90s yeah yeah mid 90s so it's in 22 years yeah that series changed a lot a lot yeah um but yeah so okay sorry like how much of this do you hold oh on to? so there right, was yeah. definitely a, a moment so i went and saw um the i think it's the original zorro from 1920 something or 1920 mm-hmm. um and it's so it's silent and I went to a theater where they had a live like jazz band playing backing for the silent movie. Mm-hmm. And it was really cool because they would during the fight scenes, they had I don't remember what instrument it was, but it was making like a smack sound like for all the punches. Oh, what I was the, what I was like, this is really cool. It was uh, the Long Beach Art Theater. Long Beach Art Theater. Every once yeah. in a while, they do another one where they show a silent one and they uh, have this band come back. And it's really cool. I only went that one time, but I really want to go back and see more. Yeah, that um, sounds awesome, actually. And I thought. I thought, oh, this is great. I've I haven't seen this Zorro. Mm-hmm. No, I saw that Zorro. <laughs> I it just left my brain. I just couldn't. I thought I'd seen another Zorro. Mm-hmm. It, so at least that was close. That was similar to to something where I went, oh, okay, yeah, I've seen that one. Once I started watching, I was like, oh, I remember some of this. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I think <laughs> that was, what's also good about watching that many movies is that, um, again, you see. You really notice like patterns and stuff that work. So it's like when even a new movie with a ton of hype comes out, mm-hmm. you're like, okay, I know I can judge this properly without all the marketing and the, all the excitement, mm-hmm. uh, which is what I try to do with these big movies like the Avengers coming out. I, I do want to tell you uh, a movie that I th- I thought I was I was cool on the hype train. I was like, ah, whatever, I'm, I'm I'm whatever on it. And then I saw the trailer in theater. I was sitting and the big screen had it in front mm-hmm. of me. And uh, I watched it in full in a theater for the first time. Detective Pikachu. <laughs> so I had seen the gifs and jokes yeah. on the internet. And I was like, yeah, the Pokemon look weird. And then I was like, oh, Ryan Reynolds, I'm not sure. They're just trying to do Deadpool, the, the Pokemon. Yeah. And then I sit there and the trailer's happening in front of me. And, and they got me. They got me. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I see. That's the thing. As much as I can, you know, people, you know, I have uh, my brother-in-law is like, oh, you're a movie snob. You know, he he just anything superhero comes out, he loves it instantly. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh, I wish DC was doing better. And he's like, oh, well, obviously. And I'm like, yeah, okay, I'm DC yeah, I'm a movie snob, too. whatever. But yeah. then something like that'll happen, and it's that's just gross marketing that's occurring on the screen. Detective Pikachu, I'm in. I I don't understand it. No, I had that a similar moment as well. Like. I could not believe I was sitting in a real theater and this trailer, which sounds like Tumblr fan fiction, is yeah. happening. And looks like Tumblr fan yeah. fiction. <laughs> what a time to be alive. Yeah, yeah. I was just like, God, what what a time to be a nerd right now. Mm. <laughs> and then it's and that's the uh, I saw a lot of stuff online too that was comparing it to the Super Mario Brothers movie in the sense that it's something you know but looking not like you expect it to. And and even like kind of the world building that they're doing, mm-hmm. where it's like we're not following you know a trainer, we're following a kid who failed at being a trainer yeah. and is trying to follow in his dad's footsteps. His dad was a cop or something. Ken Watanabe's in it for some reason. Like I I don't know. I'm like I want to know this story. This yeah. is a story that you'll never find in the video games. All the Pokemon games are not going to be like this at all. Uh, I mean, I guess maybe except for Detective Pikachu. That was a game. I'm just wondering, like, how, like, okay, Pikachu's a detective. I'm like, what kind of cases is he getting? Is it, like, the really grisly stuff? Or... (laughs) It you just see him, you just see this little Pikachu at like a murder scene, a chalk outline. You're mm. like, whoa. Well, see, now you're talking about. There was a film that came out this year that I unfortunately saw, and it was <laughs> called The Happy Time Murders. 
Oh, oh was that the puppet one? Yeah, the yeah that's the puppet one. And yeah, there it was wasn't a, good. I didn't get it. Yeah, there was a puppet like standing over a grizzled body, and he's like, "Oh, this is fucked up." And I'm like, "This isn't fun." Like, what? None of this is fun or funny. Melissa McCartney was in that one, right? Yeah, she's okay in it. I don't know. It's it's a uh, it's just. Well, I I don't understand how they thought they could have this mix and just go for the hard R, mm-hmm. and then it turns from hard R into like South Park R, where there's a scene of a of a this it disgusts me to say a spoiler scene of a, of a <laughs> puppet coming. Oh, and they and they they the way that puppets come is it's silly string. Oh my goodness! And, and, but then that scene goes on <laughs> I mean, for like five minutes. Ki- you just kind of sold me on it. <laughs> but that goes on for like five minutes. Okay, and that's uh, Jim Henson's son, right? Yeah. See, I, that is weird. Like I remember there was a little bit of like excitement when the trailer came out, mm-hmm. and then nothing. Yeah, because it's not good. It I, good. I hate Damn. to say it like that, but that is true. Like you kind of gauge the reaction. You're like, oh, no one went to go see this. Mm-hmm. Oh, I had been excited for it for like years because mm-hmm. when the first word came out, they're like, oh, it's going to be puppets solving murders. I was like, I, that sounds great. Yeah. I'm like, I love all the old Muppet stuff. And the, but then they need to distance themselves from Kermit and whoever. That's fine. Make up mm-hmm. new puppets. I don't care. But it's still going to look good because it's the Henson Studios. But yeah. no, the plot well, was not. Yeah. There. I mean, a weird concept like that. That's that's always going to get me. Mm-hmm. Like, if you say puppet solving murders, I'm like, yeah, let's go. Yeah. Um, oh, OK. So back to late high school when you after right after you do this 500 movie thing. Mm hmm. Like so, what what do you feel like after that's done? <laughs> um, I think I had a a joke. I put a joke on Facebook at the time where I was like, oh, I guess I should watch some TV now. Like, <laughs> I wasn't gonna watch like five hundred shows or whatever, but it was just Jesus, the idea that I no had, way in a year I hadn't watched TV like barely watched any TV that whole year. <laughs> so I was like, oh, I best I, I better see what's going on in the You're world. Like, oh, South Park's still on. This is nice. <laughs> like, oh. <laughs> Yeah, what was on it at that time that I was getting into? I don't even know. Maybe mm. Parks and Rec? Oh, okay. Parks Maybe and that Rec. was on around that time. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Community was on. I think I, I was doing the community podcast at that time. Mm-hmm. So yeah. were you always... Okay, so when you were young, it was definitely a film nerd. Was there anything else that kind of fed into any other nerdums filled in, I fit into that? No, not okay, really. So I read... I mean, I... I th- I like to think of myself as a kind of a comic book nerd, mm-hmm. but that was really, I, I somehow had, um, a lot of weird stores where I could get old comics for like 50 cents, mm-hmm. like old to me. So they were like 10 to 20 years old. They weren't like from the fifties, but it was like stuff from the seventies and eighties where I'm just like, Oh, this is neat. Like, and I would just read it with no context. Yeah. I wasn't going on the internet to be like, Oh, what issues go along with this? I was just right. Like, oh, I'd pick up one comic. And I'd be like, Oh, Batman, love Batman. I'd be like, Oh, Robin, he has his own comic, I guess. So, sure. I'll read that. That's actually how I got into comics too. Mm. Like Costco used to have, they were called price club back then. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, that's how old I am folks. <laughs> um, yeah, they would just, there would just be a random pack of like 20 comics that you could get. Mm-hmm. I just got that like every once in a while. Again, nothing in sequential order, all different heroes. You're just like, yeah. okay. I think even um, at least through middle school, I had I had one or two friends who would let me borrow their comics. They'd read them and they'd be like, you got to read this. And I'd read it and I'd be like, oh, that was cool. Like, and that was the thing, you know, we just, we shared our media. That was, it was the shared interest was like earnest. We were like, read this here, you mm-hmm. know, borrow my book and read this. I don't yeah, know. I miss the trade, the physical trading of stuff. Mm-hmm. That was I, so and, much fun. And that's the, 
the funny thing with like I'm I'm obviously not current with comics now. Comics a new comic is like what four three four dollars. Like yeah, that, that to me feels a little. That's like you have to know like ten years of backstory yeah, and everything's and an like, event now. Yeah. So yeah, there's some event where everyone dies. Didn't this happen last year? Yeah, but this time they mean this it. This time it matters. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I don't know. That's why I like just going back to old Batmans because I'd be like, oh, I, I guess this is in the time when, you know, he was driving this color Batmobile. Oh, I guess this is when, you know, yeah, he was get, dealing with this thing. I and don't it's know. strange because you get like a sensibility of the time, mm. too, because there are a lot of things in those old comics that just would not fly nowadays. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was I, I, I knew about this because I, I don't remember what storyline it was that I, I had read him in it originally. But at, at one point, Batman did have a, a guy living in the Batcave who was essentially a, a hunchback yeah mute i believe mm-hmm. and would build things for batman and that was a good life for him apparently see here's the thing about choices like that like someone has to pitch that yeah someone has to okay it mm-hmm. and then someone has to actually like get the order hey draw that yeah. and color it and okay print it no one went like hey guys this is kind of weird yeah should we do this <laughs> yeah so i mean that I I I'd like if they had done something good with that character, but no, it was just he was like a prop. It was very not <laughs> not cool. Yeah, um, but I think like stuff like that really fascinates me within film. Mm-hmm. I don't know, have you seen that um, documentary on uh, Canon Films? No, I think it's I think it is called like Electric Boogaloo something. There's like a okay. subtitle. Mm-hmm. Um, it was on Netflix. I don't know if it's still there, but mm. again, highly recommend that. Um. But yeah. yeah, just to see like the choices they made mm. and like how they like, like, oh, you, you get some sort of answer to how like, how the fuck did that make it to a real theater? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nowadays, it's a little bit harder, but you know, because as weird as something is, like people will just think this is just, oh, they were just fucking around and they filmed it. No. Someone's got to write that. Yeah. Like that had to come from someone's head. I always think that's funny when there's... um like little news blips come out that it's like, oh, this this film, uh, uh, the actors improved a lot of their scenes, and I'm like, oh, the writers are so pissed. Yeah, like they gotta be really mad because they wrote a lot of it. I'm sure some improv makes it into films. That's oh yeah, that's gotta be. But then there are other films like um, I always remember reading in The Big Lebowski. Like if you remember The Big Lebowski, there's a lot of moments where a character goes uh or like it yeah. feels the dialogue feels naturalistic. All of those were written. Like Jeff That's Bridges has nuts. gone on record saying every single time that I stuttered, repeated a word, stopped for a second, that's in the script. Wow. And like that's the Cone Brothers. They know how to craft something that sounds real, sounds like each person is making that choice as a character, mm-hmm. and yet it's all on the page. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And then you have the opposite of like, let's say Step Brothers. Yeah. Where literally it says like john and will do something funny (laughs) i i i mean and that's interesting too yeah and then there's there i mean i think there's been a movement to get those actors credited as writers within the film community like i know um oh what's his name and ant-man wasn't um paul red paul red wasn't he credited as a co-writer because he was improving a lot yeah you could kind of tell in those movies yeah um I don't know. Actually, can we can we look that one up, David? <laughs> <laughs> Which was, one are we looking up? Was Paul, Paul Rudd, Rudd credited okay. as a writer on Ant Man? Yeah, I th- I think he was one of like the five co writers. You know, right? Um, especially, I mean, they started off with like an Edgar Wright script, and then 
I think they. I think they technically they had to say they threw away the Edgar Wright. They threw script. it away. Yeah. Okay. Because I I think it was also based on something so different than what they ended up having to use it for. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I I would have been fascinated to see that Edgar Wright script, but I think we all would have. But I, I was just like, mm-hmm. eh. Because then I we might not have gotten up on stuff like that. Uh, yeah. Baby Driver, and I love Baby Driver. Yeah. Yeah. Or we wouldn't get Paul Rudd in the latest trailer right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, okay. Back to your path down this nerdy lane um so after the you do the 500 movies like what um i mean do you pursue because i know you do writing i know you do some stuff like that but Mm. i mean is there any way you decide to pursue this or was it always just a passion uh i mean i i think for a time i wanted to do uh acting or directing Mm -hmm. um i went to uh, a community college where i really took my time in figuring out what i wanted to you know major in and 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 follow through in my life smart i wish i had done that yeah um and so i i did i had done acting in high school and it's you know high school acting is just you're the one willing to stand on the stage and you can (laughs) memorize the lines Uh, i mean not that there isn't talent there but there's it's there's something you know i'm not gonna say like oh we were all the best of our class yeah like, there's definitely we the like, ones willing to stand there and read the lines yeah there's definitely like one kid who's like okay like that's the star but mm. the rest of you are like this is a fun elective yeah <laughs> uh so so that kind of but that didn't i didn't really follow through with that because you know once i really got into films i was like oh maybe i want to be a director so i took some like filmmaking classes and i was mm. like oh, i don't know if this is for me so i was like well i really like writing which you know i go off and on on i think a lot of writers do that a lot of people who think them you know think we think of ourselves as writers and it's like oh i haven't written in a year Uh oh like i gotta sit down and do something otherwise i'm like wasting it you know you're wasting like your talent you're like Mm -hmm. you're you feel the 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 pull of it the burn of it but it's just not there uh, Do we have the What's Paul Rudd? Yeah, I was going to interject when you talk about writing. But yeah, uh, he was a writer. And also, too, so was Edgar, Edgar Wright because he was the original. Oh, okay. Yeah. So he's good. Oh, he but, then, good in there. but then also, too, Adam McKay, who's done films as of Step Brothers mm-hmm. and Anchorman. So he's worked with guys like Will Ferrell and um, Wreck-It Ralph. I always forget his name. Uh, John C. Riley. John C. Riley, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but then, I mean, that just led into from community college then i was like uh i took a journalism class and i was like oh this is for me so then that it's like from journalism and then the way that the newsroom was there the newsroom i love calling that always makes me feel like so professional oh we had the newsroom (laughs) uh the way that they had it there was that all the media kind of worked in the same space Mm -hmm. so i you know it was i think it was like uh the most minor of the journalism elective classes i could take and then that next semester i took I was like in the, I think they called it webcasting. They might have called it radio on the syllabus, but it was, this was like the the Wild West days of like streaming. We were like live ah, streaming okay. a studio onto the internet. And then like within the next semester, I took it over. <laughs> like it was just, that it just like it was fun. It took, yeah, it was a lot of fun. And it was, it was honestly something once I started doing it, I was like, oh, this is for me. Like, you know, you, you like having to getting to take that time in community college. I was like a lot of classes. I was like, I don't know. I don't know. I took an acting class. I was like, uh, this is okay. But I feel like they need me more than I need them. Do you ever get that mm-hmm. feeling? <laughs> I was like, they were like, we need Please. your tuition. <laughs> yeah. Well, not just that. They were like, oh, they might shut down the class. Like, uh, <laughs> like we, do, we don't have an even number of people. We need you here to keep the pairs, you know, for You're acting. Like, What's in it for me? No. <laughs> I don't know. Um, 
but then once I got to that, you know, the journalism classes, the newsroom, the every, and once, you know, I, I was there and I had an idea and I was, they were like, yes, let's do it. And we were doing it. It was like really exciting. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And what, what are the pieces that you like to write? Um, well, obviously like, you know, entertainment stuff, like mm-hmm. stuff about, uh, movies and, um, it, is it more like opinions or reviews or it's what? it was a lot of reviews lot back of reviews. then okay. a lot of reviews it w- i wasn't doing a lot of like hard hitting you know uh go out and get the news kind of news yeah i'm not that way either when it comes to like breaking news and stuff mm-hmm. it's like i don't care i i, I like it's gonna get to me anyway it's gonna... i mean i kind of like the idea of it and i i you know that's what i went on to to get my degree in is journalism mm-hmm. but it's you know I, unfortunately it was like i got that degree and then fake news became a thing and now oh. everyone hates journalists so oh. damn that sucks <laughs> like, yeah fuck like, that guy like wow what a <laughs> what a time for me to come of age and try and make it out there yeah. and then They're just like uh, uh, uh what is it uh comics what, what are they called the the game gamergate and oh, there was yeah, comics yeah, gate yeah, yeah, yeah. and everyone's like oh the truth in journalism and it's like no you guys are just mad at women like sh- shut up like god and uh so it just it's it's rough but at the time when i was like learning it and doing it it was like wow this is exciting wow mm-hmm. I, you know i care about the truth and like even you know i've i've obviously kept all that knowledge to where i'll read stuff now and i'll go like where's your source where's your you know where's your th-? like that's actually really important mm-hmm. i feel like a lot of people don't do that actually I, most people yeah. are probably just guilty of I, even myself, just reading the headline. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I still just read the headlines, but then I, I won't try and pretend like that's news. <laughs> that's the that's the thing that I think I, people want to believe that, that they can read the headlines and that's news. And that's that would be fine if the headlines were even close to true. There's so because then clickbait came yeah. came around. So now uh, we're all screwed up. Yeah, I mean that's how I'm with every like Star Wars article that comes out. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, this thing about episode nine and it's just like, oh, here's this random still photo from someone's shitty phone camera. It's like Ryan Johnson tweeted a joke and now we're all yeah. we're all taking that to be true. No, it's not it's like, true. Shut, like stop. <laughs> like just can we just wait for the movie? There's a lot of other cool stuff happening. We don't have to get every little fucking detail on what's going on with mm-hmm. episode nine. Yeah. It I mean I, I understand that there there is such a thing as like an anonymous source, mm-hmm. but it really bothers me that that's so much of the reporting in the entertainment industry nowadays is uh, that when the when the news initially broke for the now they're calling it Disney Plus Disney's streaming service that they're going to have when the news initially broke that there was going to be shows for um, uh, for Loki and for Scarlet Witch on yeah. that service. There was no sourcing on that. There wasn't even they didn't even really? say a, an anonymous source told them. They just said we know this and i was like where is any of the sourcing and then all it took was that one very well-known publication to put it out every other publication used them as the source they said i think it was uh, variety i'm okay. if i get it wrong i'm very sorry but it, so they'd say variety is reporting this is happening why is that allowed yeah <laughs> that's insane why to is, me well, yeah why are you allowed to quote your competitor basically basically yeah <laughs> I mean, in in some cases that makes sense, but in this case there was no. You follow the trail there, and then it dies. There's no. There's no actual source. Like for it. it was probably just some exact like talking and it could have been a meeting, and, and it could have been. I mean, they like there's different levels of like they could have just said, "Oh, this is just background information," and then someone went and told that to someone else, and then yeah. it just goes like someone know. went like, "Oh, what if they did Loki and Scarlet Witch?" And then yeah. just went down the pipeline. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, they talked about Loki and Scarlet Witch. Mm-hmm. Like, well, technically, yeah, but. Doesn't mean anything's going to happen. Yes. It seems like, though, like you don't want to miss that train, you know, with the 
with the announcements or anything like that. So if you don't jump on it and you don't quote the source, uh, you miss that hole completely. Yeah. Like, I mean, you you miss that. Like, if it can go through like a day and then something else new pops up. You know, that's a that's the world we're living in, unfortunately, like well, that. Well, let me ask you this, David, since you like to stay up to date on everything. Um, what is it about having like the latest updated info that, uh, accessibility appealing to you? Accessibility, you know, um, because I feel like Twitter is such huge, it's so huge now that, um, if, if say if I don't go on like for an hour or something like that, or if I don't check Twitter and I miss something within that hour, like if I go back on again, I missed it completely, you know, and they're not talking about it again. I, what, what really gets me with that kind of stuff is if you miss the initial, whatever the event is, whatever news drops, whatever trailer comes out, what you get in the aftermath is the memes and the gifs and the jokes. Mm. And I, if I miss that first thing, I don't understand any of these. Yeah. Like I, today to, we're recording on the day that the, uh, Avengers, Endgame, Endgame trailer <laughs> has come out. Damn you, Doctor Strange! You just and, waved it in our face this whole time. And all uh, the meme that yeah, yeah. yeah. When I when I saw that that dropped this morning, I went, oh, I better watch this now mm-hmm. because I'm going to see the memes and I'm going to see the gifts. And I don't want to know what in what's in the trailer from a meme. I want to see the trailer. Yeah, because that happened to me with Infinity War. I I, I saw the joke um, that they put in the trailer where Spider Man. Peter Parker's like, oh, I'm Peter Parker. Who are you? And he says, I'm Doctor Strange. And he goes, oh, we're using our superhero names. I'm like, that joke would have been great if I hadn't read it on a on a GIF. Yeah. If I saw it in the trailer. But there it is. Yes. <laughs> and shout out to you know Justin and um, Jason. They go about only watching one trailer. And I mean, shout out to you to have the patience and the endurance to do something like that because there's no way I could do that. You know, well, I want to watch everything leading up to the movie. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. See, like, um, well, in in the Avengers case, it, it's in any Marvel film or Star Wars. It's really just because, like, the way I look at it is the trailer is there to sell you on the movie. Mm-hmm. I know I'm already good. It has my money. I know I'm going to go watch that movie anyway. So I don't need to like risk having any other spoilers or anything taken out for me because it does happen nowadays. Mm-hmm. A lot trailers tell way too much. Oh yeah, I, think. I absolutely hate the way that trailers most trailers are made nowadays i think people uh i don't know if it's just a disney thing or whatever it is but like star wars and marvel they've been really good with not giving away too much in their trailers because they know this one today yeah yeah um but there are other any just any old you know uh action movie whatever you i'll watch that trailer and there's a moment in the trailer where I go, this is in the last five minutes of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> They've just showed me the resolution within the trailer. Yeah. Why would they do that? Even if they don't say it, there's like a visual cue where I'm like, oh, this is the end. They literally showed the end of the movie in the trailer. <laughs> and then if if you ever think think about it, this is a fun experiment to do. Watch a movie mm-hmm. and then go watch its trailer and see how much you spot that didn't happen I, I like to think of it as I like a trailer that has most of its content from the first act, yeah. the first, you know, 30 or 40 minutes of a movie. And if you have too much from the second and third act, or if it's a weird film where they have just a five act structure, whatever the, I, I don't need to know that. I don't need to yeah. know the ending. Just give me the setup. That's what the trailer should do. But yeah, they're just showing everything in trailers. Yeah, right? Just because I want to go on that ride when I'm watching the movie. I mm-hmm. don't need to go through that like a mini version of that with mm-hmm. just the trailer. Yeah. And the good thing too about Disney though, what they like to do is throw or they like to throw trailers, but then 
throw you things that there's not even in the movie at all. Oh yeah, so <laughs> I actually had uh, um, uh, he was not the actual animator, but what was he? Uh, it's kind of like the quartermaster. Basically, it's a um, pipeline TD. Basically, just make sure the animator's like tools work and everything. Okay, like that, uh, and programming and all that. So he worked for, um, and this was a while ago, so he won't get in trouble. <laughs> this was a while ago, so he um, he worked for a studio that did some of the scenes for one of the Marvel films, mm. and he even remembers like we got the request saying like, hey, just. Can we just get something like eye catching? It won't even be in the movie. We just need something for the trailer. Mm-hmm. Literally, like, oh, okay, that does happen. That's what I think is really funny. The there's you know there's this whole like economy around trailer breakdowns mm-hmm. where people online they'll do a video where they're like, oh, so this moment in the trailer obviously means this. Yeah, and then they go on to watch the movie and they feel cheated. They feel just absolutely. You know, it's oh, like yeah. they no, lied see that to us all the time. All the time. Yeah, I, I remember the earliest instance that I remember this happening, and this is a film that I didn't see when it came out, so I didn't even know what the hubbub was about. Um, people were mad about Spice World. What the trailer for Spice World apparently includes a sequence that is not in the film at all, and er- people were mad about it. And I remember th- all the way back then thinking. How ridiculous. Yeah. Like, how ridiculous. It is ridiculous. I don't know. Yeah, I feel like when people just don't have their crazy fan theory validated, Mm -hmm. they just go nuts. And it's like, they should have done it this way. And I'm like, no, you you go to watch to have that art happen to you. You're not there to put your own impressions on it. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I I think that is a a very important thing to, to, to think with. With movies, but then I I think some people go into a movie with such uh, a different expectation than what the movie actually is, mm-hmm. and that is the trailer's fault. Yeah. I I don't know. I um, have you seen any of the advertising now for um, for Venom? Venom is is I guess they're gonna just put it right into digital. They're like oh, oh whatever, but um, they're advertising it like a romance. Oh wow! What? A romance between uh, Eddie and Venom. I saw an ad for it, and I, I mean, couldn't I believe guess, it existed. I mean, I guess there is a bromance in the movie, but wow! That's and so in weird. that in that little short Your trailer take. that I saw, they include uh, a scene from the movie that involves I, I'll just say involves a kiss. Oh, <laughs> and um, it's not. It's very much towards the end of the film. So I'm like, wow, they're yeah, really just. They're really just trying to lie here. Yeah, they're really trying it. to, and I don't know if they're like playing to an audience that enjoys the romantic elements between Eddie and Venom because I'm, I know that exists, mm-hmm. and the movie kind of has it, but it's, it's just why would you try and sell the movie that Maybe way? Maybe hit it with a different angle, and that way you can up the ante and get more, you know, viewership or just just make it, you know, strike while the iron's hot. Yeah, just, you know, I, that's the only thing that I can think of because it's just so I, yeah. strange. I mean, I often get frustrated with a lot of the marketing stuff with movies, but on the other end, I do get it. Like you're trying to reach I, as many people, as and you we can. get excited for trailers. Yeah, we do. Even though we, you know, it's like this Avengers trailer, we're also excited for it. But we don't, like you said, we don't care. Yeah. We're going to watch the movie. I'm guilty yeah. of it big time. I'll watch I every mean, trailer. Mm-hmm. I mean, you guys saw the extended version of the the trailer, right? Came out last year. It's like two and a half hours long. <laughs> no, we're, it came out this year, but yeah. I mean, if you weren't hyped after that movie, I was just like, what? <laughs> I feel like maybe that's why the, the new trailer was kind of understated. It's like you guys had that amazing movie earlier this year. But also, yeah. too, that's what brings you the impatience about it, too, because it was just so good that, you know, you, you want as much 
of it as you can get from it, you know? Yeah. And I think, I think the, the, I'll, I'll admit it. I actually wasn't impressed with the end game trailer. I don't blame you. And, yeah. and I think that's because there's been so much hype and I wasn't even involved in the hype. I was, uh, I stepped away from the hype, mm-hmm. but then when it dropped, I went, well, yeah, I got to see that. And it didn't, it didn't have anything that it like actually excited me. All the things that are in the trailer, I feel like are things we have known or you could assume from the end of the movie, right. from the last movie. Yeah, so excitement wouldn't be the word I would use to describe my feelings toward it. Mm. I felt like um, the trailer was more of a an homage or respect thing toward the original Avengers. Because they're all, it's just them. Mm. They're not really dressed up. They're barely any costume shots. It's mm. just the actors. This is like, hey, this is probably their curtain call. For all well, those characters, it, that's what it felt like to me because it, yeah. it was very much like focus on their face. Like this is about those characters, not so much all the the craziness that'll happen. No big action shots or anything mm-hmm. like that. Except, I mean, it does. It kind of steps on that like drama by putting a big joke at the end. Oh, that is. Oh true. yeah. Like gotta... I don't know. I felt like that that tone shift to me just. I was like, oh, I I guess okay. Ease I mean, the tension a little bit or something. Yeah. But with you seeing all these movies that you, you know, being a movie buff, um, that gives you kind of the ability to step back, correct? Like, I mean, you're able to step back and take away from the hype train and kind of just take the bigger picture of everything. Yeah, I I, I, I guess. I don't know. Because I, I think what really, what I like, what I really like is when a movie will surprise me. And I think yeah. you can put a surprise in a trailer that is a small surprise that will lead into the big surprise. The trailer, yes, I don't want the trailer to reveal to me the big twist or the ending or any of that. But if you can put in the trailer something that we were not expecting at all, yeah, I'll get really excited for that. And and I think the trailer for Endgame had everything we were expecting and nothing we weren't. No, that's a good call. The look at Hawkeye was kind of interesting, but that's it. Yeah, that Ronin. Yeah. yeah. We confirmed that, yeah. I'm just glad he's back in it because he's my favorite Avenger. Just because he's a normal family man and he gets thrown in with all this crazy crap. I don't know. I think that is that is a, a thing that a lot of people are torn on with. Uh, was that in Ultron where it's revealed he has a, he has oh, a farm yeah. or whatever? Yeah. And I was like, oh, this is neat. Yeah. This is different. Here we go. People were torn on that one? Oh, I guess people's like reaction toward the movie in general were mm-hmm. like mixed. Yeah. Yeah. That's, you know what? Back to, this is way back to the beginning of the show, but <laughs> when you watch something again. So Age of Ultron, I thought it was okay when I first saw it. It's one of those movies that for some reason on subsequent views, I like it more and more. Hmm. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's because the first time I saw it, there was all this stuff going on so quickly and you're like trying to keep up with it and trying to make sense of it now that like i know what's going to happen i can at least settle in maybe that's what it is but mm. i do know that the more i watch it the more i like it yeah i Very strange. I, Very strange. <laughs> I think um with there there are movies that i'll watch over and over again and just and or that i'll want to watch over and over mm. again and it's because i feel like i can find something new every time do you have an example? Um, I mean, I've only seen it a few times, and it's a really weird movie, so there is a lot going on there. Um, but uh, Escape from Tomorrow? Ooh. Well, I don't know. That so one. that was the movie that happened a couple years back that was um, a, a guy basically wanted to make a movie in Disneyland without asking Disneyland's permission. Oh. So he did it. He filmed in Disneyland and Epcot and Disney World. <laughs> And um, he 
he finished it and it showed at a, at a, at a, um, at a festival and the people who were going into it didn't know what they were about to see. And then they saw it and they went, Oh my God, everyone has to see this before Disney shuts it down. (laughs) Disney never shut it down. Oh, it, I own it on Blu-ray. It's, (laughs) it is a bizarre film. Uh, it's very specific to this filmmaker's intention of his memory of Disneyland mixed with a sci-fi angle. How uh, old is this movie? It's from like 2013. 2013. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and I, I like it only because I'm such a, I'm really, really into Disney. Just anything about Disney, the history of the park, the way that they make their decisions and change things around and all that kind of stuff. Happy birthday to Walt too, by the way. Yeah. And, <laughs> and Mickey. Oh yeah. Well, Mickey's Mickey. 90th. Mickey's 90th and then Walt's birthday was uh, yesterday or two days ago. Oh, yeah. It's like early December. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it got a 54% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. it's um, Now people are very like, oh, it sucks. I don't know. Um, I, I I only rewatched it recently because it was uh, a film that I chose to pair with a minute in Dunstan Checks Men. Uh, and Emily was very mad because she hates that film. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> hates it. And I there's a lot of points that she'll bring up that I don't disagree with. There's a lot in the film... That is from a point of view of a very creepy man, uh, and that is not exactly pleasant to experience. But then there are a lot of it that's a lot of stuff that's going on in the movie that I'm just think the way that they filmed it is fascinating, and the fact that it even makes a little bit of sense to me is fascinating. I gotta see this because again, like I said, a weird concept will fucking get me. Mm-hmm. Um, a movie like that for me is where again I'll try and find something new, but uh, there's a couple that come to mind about a suicide club it's kind of old like 90s oh i th- think i know what that is it's a japanese movie yes yeah uh the first scene is a bunch of girls a bunch like, of girls jump they it. jump onto a, a train platform yeah like a subway station yeah they jump right in front of the train and it's this fountain of blood like spraying everywhere mm-hmm. that movie Again, I've watched it a bunch of times, and it makes no sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I remember it, being mad at it. <laughs> yeah, and you're just kind of like, and there what part the with f- a fax ghost? Am I getting that anywhere correct? Probably. Yeah. Okay. Like, yeah, and then um, again, it, you think it's like, okay, this is the protagonist, and it's following mm-hmm. this, and then he kind of just dies in the middle of it. Yeah. And then it follows a random other person for the rest of the movie, and you're like, what? Mm-hmm. The I, I think another one that's a little more mainstream, but maybe people still don't know about it, would be for me is the Adventures of Tintin. The one oh, that came no, out. No, no. I, yeah. I remember that coming out. I didn't see it. It's gorgeous. I think it's absolutely beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's it's a uh, it's anim- like you know computer animated, but it was uh, some of it, some of it, or a lot of it was done with um, motion capture. Okay, um, but it does look in the style of the original artist's style, so it's really like it's really beautiful mm-hmm. and um i remember once i was having some friends over and i was like well and not everyone's here yet i'll just put on tintin and i was like people people won't care about this people were sucked in they were like <laughs> they were like what is this movie this is spielberg yeah andy circus mm-hmm. yeah people were absolutely sucked into this movie and just were like what is this i've never heard of this and i'm yeah. like how'd you not hear about tintin <laughs> that movie was a uh, it's kind of weirdly timed because that uh it, it's based on an old comic strip. Yeah. It's like from a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just like, who was the audience for this? All I could think of was like the pre-production stuff. Like, who was the audience for this? Who who thought this might be popular? Well, I mean, was it what, kind of a passion or, project for like Spielberg and Peter oh, Jackson or something? Yeah. Okay. Because I was just like, what around that time 
would have been connected to that kind of because I know there was so like, like a, the really old stuff. There was a cartoon series of it from like the nineties or eighties or something, yeah. and I never watched that. But no, never watched but it either. Like it I, was, I know of it. Yeah, I just never saw it. It's like a it's like a fun, exciting action adventure movie, mm-hmm. and that I I'll go for that. That sounds great to me. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I, I was just wondering if it was like attached to like a nostalgia nostalgic property that was in the same vein, like some other. I think it was like the 1940s or something, but something around that time period. You know what I mean? That that kind of feel. Mm -hmm. That's why it kind of struck me as weird that like, oh, they went ahead with this. (laughs) They they still want to make another one, um, but I think it would be instead of Spielberg directing, it would either be Jackson or um, someone else. Guillermo del Toro, I think, was interested. I don't know. He wants to do everything, so that's his problem. I feel like fan. He's one of those directors that fans will be like, yeah, give him everything. Just let him have it. (laughs) But it's he doesn't make enough. I don't know. I, I, I guess that's barely a, a complaint, time. though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's he had a tweet recently where he said he has like written like seventeen scripts that never got made, and he listed them. And one of them he couldn't say the name of, and it was like exciting because I'm like, oh, you can't even say the name of it, so maybe maybe it'll happen. Yeah, you know. But he had like the uh, what's the one? I I remember hearing that this was going to come out several years ago and then it just never got made like at Which the one? mountains of madness or something i don't know i think it had like a booth at, at san diego comic-con i i distinctly remember like <laughs> there was hype for it and then it just never got made if i had a dollar for every time that happened oh yeah <laughs> i mean like, justice league dark great. that and was supposed like, to be yeah. del toro eh. uh, it's like, oh well nah, didn't happen mm-hmm. uh shame with dc this <laughs> <laughs> is a shame about oh poor dc we I talk know. about it like it's like it's a sad little orphan i don't know and here's the thing like i'm still still rooting for it i'm still gonna go see aquaman i it's just that whole thing is the trailer for aquaman got me i don't understand it i i don't really care that much about the character of aquaman um i I didn't really care about justice the justice league film wasn't very good that wasn't and and yet here i am a little excited for aquaman i mean mean, you put willem dafoe in a movie and i I guess i'm there oh okay yeah Yeah, that makes sense i mean it's yeah jason momoa there's actually a pretty good cast nicole in the movie yeah that's not a documentary (laughs) (laughs) yeah i have this theory that's like that they just it's not aquaman they just filmed jason momoa on the weekends and just use that footage (laughs) yeah that's possible he's 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 just himself in the movie i'm like i'll take that (laughs) that's quite possible (laughs) um but yeah okay so God, I was trying. We got way off tangent there. Tangents, so yeah. yeah, which is par for the show. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so back to your writing path. Like mm-hmm. you're you're working in newsrooms. Like, did you ever try to do like a script or anything like that? Um, I mean, I, I th- it was probably very embarrassing. I'm like, they I leave these are. things in Every the past. Every script is embarrassing. I, Come on. Okay, I'll say I did. Um, w- when I was at the community college, I did do a um a short film that I, I directed and, and wrote. Um, and it was for a class, but then they had a, a film festival just for on campus. And it was mostly people from the class, but others could, could submit as well. Mm-hmm. And um, I ended up winning best action adventure, but you it was an action adventure. It was not, I wouldn't consider it action adventure. I think well, they were just kind of giving awards to everything. Oh, well, cause it's, but like not every, everything won an award. So yeah. I felt a little special. Yeah. No, you could brag a little bit about yeah. that. I mean, like I beat you. What up? I still have that award. <laughs> yeah. I like it. I like it a lot. Um, and it was the most basic kind of, I was playing with like the tropes of, um, uh, uh, like a chase. It was mm-hmm. the, most of the film was a chase scene. 
I think I called oh, there it. You go. I didn't call it the chase. I called it pursuit or in pursuit of. I was very artsy. <laughs> um, I think I'm still a little in, artsy. In school, that's the time to do it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so I was just kind of playing with this idea of like, how could I film a chase scene that makes sense using the location that I had, which was the school. Mm-hmm. Um, and all the limitations you have as a student. Yeah. yeah. So I kind of put, and, and then I ended up making a, a kind of opening and an ending for it. So it was more like a, felt like a story. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, you know, I, I kind of like it. It's out there on YouTube somewhere. If you all feel like. It's fine. in pursuit of. In pursuit oh, of. Oh, we're going to check this yeah, out. Yeah, I'm sure that's somewhere. <laughs> Hell yeah, we are. Um, Especially got an award. I I make a cameo in it. This that's, that's my that's hey, my it's your film. I was like, hey, I got to be like Hitchcock. <laughs> I gotta, <laughs> I have to be in it, but you don't exactly see it's me, and that's <laughs> that's great. Yeah. I don't know. I it, that was fun, but it's like there is kind of a uh, it, it's it's like I was saying earlier, like the reality of doing something and the idea of what you think it is are so can be so different that when you actually go to do it, it's not as fun or fulfilling Mm -hmm. and so like i did enjoy like writing the script but then trying to bring it to life was like oh my god how much work is yeah that takes a a special kind of Mm -hmm. well not even just one person a whole group yeah Uh, yeah i mean yeah it's a group effort yeah any anything that's even that has any sort of production value it's a miracle it gets to that point Mm -hmm. because so many things go wrong so many things have to go right yeah um i think that's why i've become a little more forgiving as i'm older and then that i've had some like very little onset experience Mm -hmm. just to be able for okay so you know the last short film i worked on was we filmed every weekend for a month and they were like long like 16 hour days Mm -hmm. and we got it nine minutes of footage out of it yeah yeah <laughs> so that's when i when i see these big blockbusters or anything that just makes it to a theater i'm just automatically like you got there all right let's let's see what you like i'm gonna give you a chance i'm not gonna be I, dismissive or <laughs> snide or mean about it just let's see what you got let's- i think a lot about how the way they used to have to make film they had to like physically cut film strips yeah I'm just like, as I'm sitting at my computer going, click, 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 yeah, click, right. drag, We're click. so spoiled now. Yeah. And I even remember, so when I was in high school, there was a program where um, I was part of a class where we made a weekly newscast. Mm-hmm. And that was a challenge because we were still using tapes. We were still using the little DV tapes, you know? <laughs> yeah. And so we're out there and we'd get some footage and then we'd bring it back and we're like, oh, we, we messed up the sound. Oh, we're going to have to redo the sound. Shit. Oh, my God. And you'd have to actually physically upload the tape. You'd have to sit there. However long you recorded, you'd have to sit there and wait for it to upload to digital. Oh. So we're like, oh, we shot for nine minutes. Okay, we'll be ready in nine minutes. <laughs> It was it was insane to think. Like, I think of the journey that you know all that has come to, and now it's all digital. And yeah. I'm just like, no, we I love could it. we could literally shoot a movie like right now with our phones. Yeah, that's I, how far it's. Gone. <laughs> I think that's interesting because we say that right. Yeah, and then it it took a couple of years for actual like for directors to do it. Did you ever see the film um, Tangerine? I know of it. It was shot all on iPhones. Yeah. And if you watch it, it looks pretty good. Yeah. Like, it, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't... I didn't say we'd make a good movie yeah. right now, but we could make Th- I mean, that's, yeah. that's possible. Thing. Like, it's dir- possible. Directors have taken that on as a challenge of, like, I'm going to use the most low-tech thing I can to make a film. Yeah, I actually get a kick out of those challenges. Like, there was this thing I learned about in school. Um, I think they're called dogma films or something. Oh, yeah, you come up with yeah, some like, rules. Yeah, there's, like, a set amount of rules. It's, like, only natural light mm-hmm. or no written dialogue. Like, it's all improv or maybe it's not all improv like um yeah those are always fascinating to me just because it's like oh you can 
tell a story even with all these constraints and it's just fascinating to see all the different outcomes mm-hmm. yeah i think that's that's a really interesting thing because that translates into our nerd language of like comic book movies where you look at like marvel can do everything except x-men so they can't ref. So when they brought oh, in yeah, Scarlet yeah. Witch and um, Quicksilver, Quicksilver, right? They couldn't call them mutants. <laughs> they couldn't say they're you know the children of Magneto. Aren't isn't yeah. one of them some how related they're both to Magneto? The children they both are. Of Magneto. Right? Yeah. yeah. And it's like they couldn't say any of that. So it was like <laughs> when they were coming in, I was like, how are they going to do this? Mm-hmm. Like, and that's their they put that restraint on themselves. They yeah. didn't have to use those characters. But they did anyway. And then you look at, I mean, I even think, you know, the, the Deadpool films are fine. They're funny. They they do what they want to do. But then they have a very, uh, everyone, you know, I think it happens in the first one too. They each have a scene where Deadpool goes, where are the X-Men? And then we literally will see them off to the side. Yeah. Or they'll be like hiding from him or there's yeah. like one reference to one of them. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that's funny. And that's a, they put that limit on themselves because of the way that properties are owned, mm-hmm. you know, under the different umbrellas of the corporations that we, we love to watch. Them they use. were in that room and they just shut the door with all of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That shit was so funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess you could say Venom tried to make that work. I mean, I don't know Did- how you felt about the film, but... <laughs> I, I again I didn't hate it. It was just one of those like ah, it's all right I guess, and it was just kind of like um, I don't know about this. It felt dated too. Mm. Anyway, yeah, Sony uh, had to do something in order for them yeah. to get a break away. I, I guess with that restraint of like no Spider Man, that's a big challenge for them to make a Venom movie. <laughs> yeah, but the, I don't know. I think they they did okay. Mm-hmm. I didn't feel like Spider Man was missing at, ever in it. True. I felt like it was just like a monster story. You didn't even have to call it Venom to yeah. me. Well, that's why people. Uh, I remember it, it, movie stuff is so weird. Uh, do you remember when that movie Life came out? Mm-hmm. Everybody thought that was a secret Venom movie. Oh yeah. Because yeah, yeah. in Life they have they're like transporting some like goo they yeah. found in space. Right. And so it's everyone's like this like, horror movie that. Yeah. yeah, I remember that. Okay. So everyone was like, "Oh, it's going to be a secret Venom movie." What? Why are movies secrets Wait, now? I don't understand. Would, yeah, why this... who? Would, why would they do that? <laughs> I, well, because when the trailer movie? came out, I think people were were thinking that they wouldn't want to say until right before. Com- I have no idea. Because uh, has that ever been done? Yes, movies are secrets now. I don't understand. Okay, let's go back. Let's go back to Star Trek Into Darkness. Okay. Do you remember how the main villain of Star Trek Into Darkness was John Harrison? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. John Harrison. That was Cumberbatch's... Cumberbatch, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he's not John Harrison. He's Khan. God. Exactly. But it was a secret literally until the movie came out mm-hmm. as because they lied in interviews. Right. But I mean, to the extent of... Like, yeah, I do remember all that. Yeah. I, the, but I mean, to the extent of like, um, they would call this life. It's not even Marvel labeled, but it's... Then it's oh surprise it's a Venom movie. I don't, I don't know. think they, I, I think I we're think reaching that point. Gone. We're reaching that point because okay. there was the Blair Witch movie that they didn't say was Blair Witch until it, it literally came out. Mm-hmm. Do you remember this? It was that was Blair pretty Witch. recent. They made a third Blair Witch movie. No, yeah, that second one was. Great. I don't think it did good. That's the thing. Well, the second one didn't do. Well. And I think they were so worried about it not doing good that they didn't call it Blair Witch until people until it was like it was at a San Diego Comic Con or something. What was it called? I don't remember what they called it before. The Woods or something. And then now it's just. I think the third one is just called Blair Witch instead of or Blair Witch Chronicle. I don't know. It has some stupid name. And then there was um, what was the other one I was thinking of? Because there is another one that really did this. Oh, um, 
I mean, spoilers if you haven't seen Split, but Glass is coming oh, out. Okay. Split was a secret Unbreakable okay. sequel. Okay. Like, I mean, I guess we all knew it was M. Night Shyamalan, so we were expecting a twist, but mm-hmm. we, no one expected that, I don't think. Got, okay. So it's that, like, that's a good example. Movies are secrets. I don't understand it. I Why can't, you know... A, a trailer's fine, mm-hmm. but like we don't need to literally lie, you know, to audience and stuff. The other one, the one that just did it, um, but everyone knew right from the beginning. I feel like was Suspiria, the new Suspiria. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a character in it who they say is a man named Lutz Eberdorf, but it is actually Tilda Swinton. Oh, and so you could just tell by looking yeah, at them. but it is in the film. Uh, it's a male, they are a male, male character, yeah. but it's Tilda Swinton playing a man, yeah. playing this character. So it's, it's, it's this weird layers thing. So in, in all the interviews, they're like, oh yes, this character is played by uh, an obscure German doctor named Lutz Eberdorf. And it's like, why can't we just say it's Tilda Swinton in a yeah. lot of makeup? Like, that's yeah. cool. <laughs> we yeah. love that. Yeah. <laughs> but no, apparently we have to have a secret character and everything. Yeah. I, I mean, I guess that's kind of trying to... I mean, I guess Give whatever surprises. Yeah, whatever like you can do to get people in the door. Yeah. I guess it's yeah. what's what's the old. It's like a circus saying or whatever. Like get the butts in the seats. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. That Blair Witch. It was just called Blair Witch. Yeah, and that's it, what it was. Yeah, okay. and it's just uh, uh, the brother who lost his sister seventeen years ago from the Blair Witch Project. He was trying to figure out why she went missing. So that's the story behind it. Oh, I wonder if it ended like the same way. Like probably. Yeah, <laughs> that's I mean, that's the thing that people complain about is in this nostalgia stuff. It's mm-hmm. like we're just doing the same movie over and over, but we're just doing it with their brothers, sons, whatever, grandchildren. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That was I remember hearing that complaint about the new Halloween. Is that what happened? OK, I, I'm so fucking behind. On well, that. because she's it's like it's an older. Um, it is Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah, but it's supposed to be a direct sequel to the first one. I believe, yeah. So right? the sequel yeah. to Halloween is oh, Halloween. Yeah, Brendan was. Yeah, I was going to say Brendan. He explained it that like the scary movie genre. There's just there's just no rules. The, they can just. Oh, you know what? Fuck it. We, we can just go ahead and just say that this yeah. is a sequel. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's that's the kind of stuff that i cover in nothing new the remake <laughs> podcast i do and it's just like sometimes it gets maddening sometimes it's just is there why would there, they do this is there you <clears throat> is there ever a chance where like the uh excuse me ever a case where the new one does surpass the original yeah okay so oh, what, yeah. what would be an example of one um what is an example of one i i'm it was a very it was like our second episode uh it was this film called the beguiled mm-hmm. it was directed by sofia coppola um, starring like Nicole Kidman and Kirsten Dunst and stuff. And it is a remake of a film from the seventies that is most notable for starring Clint Eastwood. Huh. Um, and so in the remake version, it's Colin Farrell is playing the Clint Eastwood role. And it's about, it's during the civil war and it's this group of women who find, um, a, I think he's a union soldier and they're all in the South. And so instead of turning him in, they decide to help fix his leg. He has like a broken leg. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, oh, this does sound kind of familiar. Yeah, the the new one um, gets rid of, I think, a lot of the leeriness that Clint Eastwood brings to a role like that, mm-hmm. where he's looking at a perhaps sixteen year old in a certain way that you would not enjoy. Ooh. And uh, and the new one gets 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 uh, some age appropriate romance going on, still okay. disturbing, okay. still weird, but age appropriate. <laughs> Okay, we'll take yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and also, like, good filmmaking, because Sofia Coppola, like, knows how to make a film look good. Mm-hmm. And then this is something from the 70s where it was just like, how dirty can we make the screen? <laughs> yeah. See, that strikes me as, um, that sounds like it would be a good thing to remake. Like, yeah. there was something about the original that uh, 
you know, this worked at Clint Eastwood. It probably had some good performances in it. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was stuff like the creepiness that might've been like, Oh, things from the seventies that don't yeah. translate well into. Yeah. Yeah. They could have like, we can do that better. And then like, Oh, this makes a lot better. Mm-hmm. I use the fly as the, Oh, sure. Uh, as a, an example of that. Cause in the fifties it looked cheesy. It wasn't fully, I mean, the performances weren't great, but mm. then we got the Jeff Goldblum version. And you're like, Oh, okay. I, I actually have not seen either of those flies. Oh, definitely check out the good Jeff Goldblum. Yeah. One. And I and I haven't even seen um, the one that um, my co-host on that Justin Keyson always says is the thing. John Carpenter's yeah. the thing. I haven't seen the original thing. Thing the oddly thing enough, from another world. Whatever oddly it's called, enough, yeah. I saw it. The John Carpenter one. Oddly enough, I saw that when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. I don't know how I had access. Yeah, to that would it. give me nightmares for yeah. weeks and weeks. I mean, it kind of explains a lot if you know me now. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, like I had oh. How's this for bougie? I had access to laser discs. Oh, wow. God, it was the most, I mean, it looked good for the time. It was Mm. just, you had to stop and flip the thing. (laughs) (laughs) A giant CD. Again, do people even know what CDs are anymore? (laughs) Yeah. I was going to say, it looks like a giant dinner plate that's like shiny. (laughs) It was, it was the future. Yeah. I've never actually seen one in person. Really? A laser disc, yeah. Shoot, I'm bringing one to the next picture. <laughs> this is history. I'll, I'll, I'll set up a little museum of like different media. That'd be fun. I don't know. <laughs> that I, would be cool, actually. I, as, when I was a kid, I had a lot of cassette tapes, mm. and I was very into cassette tapes. And then when we, you know, everything moved to CDs and whatever, and it was like, oh, we got to get rid of the cassette tapes. But honestly, like, I'm, I've been kind of like recollecting cassette tapes because yeah, I not? think they're fun. They like look good. Mm-hmm. They, I mean, they don't sound the best, obviously, but it's right. like, for a lot of them it's just a memory is attached like yeah well uh, also with cassette at least like there's the fascination of like all the moving parts in there and yeah. like all the components there's something satisfying about the sound too of the having to rewind it or yeah there's yeah. like the thunk mm-hmm. on the on the player you know and that, i would say even with the the grain in the audio mm-hmm. like there's something about that that feels good even in yeah. like records also yeah i don't know what that is but <laughs> right it just if it's just nostalgia or if there's something about it that's appealing mm-hmm. well before you made somebody like a cd you could always make them like a mixtape you know you go on the radio and <laughs> you make your you know girl whatever or you know however you want to go about it and you make them a mixtape but that was like cassette tape you made them a cassette tape and then you know later moved into a cd and now who knows what the hell it is it's your speed spotify all... playlist yeah, yeah right <laughs> you're not wrong who knows i barely use that thing the only reason i use it because a friend said like just get one you old fuck just get <laughs> <laughs> i know i'm yeah. seeing everybody's like uh i guess the end of the year they show you or they put out like what you've listened to throughout the year so everybody's like posting that now mm-hmm. on spotify and i was like oh yeah there's spotify i don't use spotify i still use pandora Oh, yeah. Um, okay. Um, we got to wrap this up because I got to get out of here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> where can we find you? Oh, let me see. This is the problem now. I had to make a list. Uh, He's a busy man, folks. God, I mean, at a boy. All right. So uh, obviously, I think you should check out the Benview Network, BenviewNetwork.com. A lot of great podcasts there. Um, but I, I am personally a host on Dunstan Checks Men. That's every week. Uh, Emily and I take one minute of the film, the 1996-8 film, Dunstan Checks In, and we pair it with another feature film, and then we talk about how that all works out. Actually, what are some of the pairings you've had oh my before goodness. we get to it? <laughs> uh, so we started, uh, we did Grand Budapest Hotel, 
uh, The Bellboy, um, Beautician and the Beast. Whoa. Um, so Ken Quapis directed both of the films. That's, oh. That was the connection there. Um, I, I mentioned Joe Dirt, Escape from Tomorrow. Um, what were some of the You're on a minute like ones? 10 or 12? Yeah, we're on minute 10 okay. as of... When this comes out, you'll be looking forward to minute 11. Okay. Um, but <laughs> I, I paired one minute with Mission Impossible Rogue Nation. <laughs> and it makes sense if you watch the film. Uh, there was A Fish Called Wanda. Wow, uh, it's all over the place. Yeah, it really is all yeah. over the place. Yeah, I think that's that's what makes it really interesting, is okay. that you never quite know what's going to come up. Um, and then uh, when we have guests, we have discussed possibly allowing the guest to choose the movie, Ooh. Uh, which I probably not everyone's going to be into, so if they don't want to, that's fine. But <laughs> uh, that's that could get even more crazy. I might have to watch the movie again just to like, okay. What minute would I want to do? Like, <laughs> there's probably a minute in there like I have to insist to be on this mm-hmm. minute. <laughs> uh, but you can find Dunstan Checks Min on your podcast app or uh, com slash Dunstan. Dunstan's with an O, by the way. D-U-N-S-T-O-N. That was the first thing that like caught me off guard yeah. about the movie. I was just like, because I kept typing Dunstan mm-hmm. when I was looking for it. Anyway. And and Dunstan does no surfing in the film, despite a, a movie poster seemingly portraying he does. He does not. I guess it was just the 90s that a was well, a surfing time. It is a well-trained ape. I'll give it, I'll give it that, but mm-hmm. no surfing. Uh, another podcast that I do is called Nothing New, a remake podcast. Uh, myself and Justin, once a month, we will pick a remake and a film that it is based on or if they're both based on the same thing uh for december uh we are going to tackle the grinch oh nice yeah they they made a new one let's just put it that way i didn't again i didn't even know it came out i just knew i saw the trailer like oh cumberbatch is gonna play it but i didn't even it came came out in november whoa which feels weird timing wise yeah but um i kind of get it i guess you get that thanksgiving rush i guess but again i I didn't even know it came out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to throw it all the way back to the original The Grinch Who Stole Christmas or How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Oh, those are the I always two get that mixed up. Okay. Yeah. Um, we have a Patreon and that's where we'll cover um, to the Jim Carrey Grinch. Ah, <laughs> Just because, nice. yeah, it's like, uh, we can't leave We can't leave that one out. Yeah. No, <laughs> that one's, not at all. That one's going to get some attention. <laughs> Um, so you can find Patreon folks. Yeah. Benvnetwork.com slash nothing new. Uh, and that's, uh, once a month. Uh, and then I have another show called it's on my list where it's myself and five others. We have come together to watch the films that people always say you should watch mm-hmm. the films that when, when you hear about it and you haven't seen it, you go, Oh, it's on my list. And, uh, there, there's some really interesting ones. We started with gone with the wind. So if you want an hour, an hour long episode of a podcast to tell you whether or not you should care about Gone with the Wind. That's the one. I don't know. It's a long run time for that movie. Yeah, that's four hours. It. Yeah. And uh I, I don't hate it. That's okay. A, that's a weird I think that's just a weird movie thing in me though. It's just yeah, yeah I'll I'll endure four hours of a movie. Yeah. That's just my life now. Um but yeah, it's on my list. Uh you can find it. It's on my list pod.com. Uh that's also once a month. Uh, we try and cover a, a, a wide variety of films. Uh, I think we have um, The Matrix is coming out. Ooh, our Matrix nice. episode is coming out very soon. So that's that's really interesting. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Podcaster Andrew. Fantastic. 
Armena, where can they find you? Uh, you can find me at Superfan Armenta on Instagram and Twitter, and you can find me at Facebook at David Armenta. Shout out to Lupus Org. Donate to the cause. And if you can, please call out Donate Platelets. You can donate platelets every seven days up to 24 times a year. And also, too, please go out and donate whole blood. You can donate whole blood every 115 days a year. And also, too, uh, it's around Christmas time. Uh, a lot of kids out there don't get toys, so please go out and donate an uh, unwrapped toy to either, uh, I know Walmart was doing it but also too you can donate to any fire department they will accept toys unwrapped toys for those kids out there that you know don't get a chance to get to see santa claus or get some presents from santa claus this year so and you can find me on instagram at justin malari and on twitter at justin underscore malari both the geek offensive and uh, geek say what our network is also on social media you can find both of those things with the handle at geek offensive and geek say what on just about anything uh, so big thank you to the network for providing everything we need to do the show. Uh, we have a bunch of like sister podcasts. Eleven shows, he said. Apparently, I don't know. I think JPG was making it up. Bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> but the the other four that I can tell you about are uh, Ready Set Geek, your starting line to geek culture, hosted by Alex, JPG, Cole, and Anthony. Uh, geek KO, hosted by Justin Madriaga and Ish. It's your twice a month trivia podcast. And on the horizon, we have DGIF. Diverse Geeks in Focus, hosted by Gemma Vidal. Um, and also we have RP Geek Allegories, hosted by JPG himself. All the shows should be available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, um, starting next year. But Ready, Sit, Geek, and Geek Hill are out now. Uh, big shout out to Wayland Productions for providing the uh, the equipment, sharing the space with us. They help us sound great. You can find them at wayland.w. S. And please support their audio drama, We're Live Frontier, now available on Alpha. Finally, the show's brought to you by the Bullet Club t-shirt. Woo-woo! When did that become... I never wrote that down. Did that just become the the thing? What's that? The woo-woo? You know, I've been doing that <laughs> since... Uh, no, when was we, ever since we started doing it. Yeah, you know, it just, it just catchy. feels right. It feels yeah. right. Exactly. Like, okay. I, yeah, I had to catch up and, oh, shit, can I say it? <laughs> See, that's an example of something I didn't write and it just <laughs> happened. <laughs> Uh, but yes, brought to you by the Bullet Club t-shirt, now available. Uh, the link will be available in the uh, social media um, and on this Filipino American Life social media. Uh, right now, we're out of mediums. It's a really limited run. So get on, click on the link, fill out the form, send in your money, and we'll have it shipped to you ASAP. Um, and I think that's it. Andrew, you're... I got to have you back on when I'm like not <laughs> sleepy and haven't been affected by a really long day. But um, I really like the way you and Emily approach films. And I, I think like your points of view are like definitely worth um, giving a platform to. So I really appreciate you coming on. Thank you. This was a pleasure, my man. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, don't forget to rate, comment, and subscribe. Uh, shout out to r slash bigger than you thought on Reddit. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Bye.